Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Part. Still here with Dan Snow. Um, Dan, you've worked with your dad a lot. Yeah. Uh... Privilege, blessing, um, hard at times. What do you think? It was an, it was an amazing privilege. He is uh, he was you know he's one of the best broadcasters of the generation. He has this a huge he had a huge passion. A lot of broadcasters want to be something else. Like a lot of them, you know, some of them want to be um, writers. I just wish I was writing a great big book. And or some of them want to be actors. Or some of them want to be. My dad absolutely loved the thing he was allowed to do, which mm. was take complicated ideas and make them simple on the television and use pictures and words together to create that. And then and then increasingly graphics. He was ahead of his time. He used graphics and animations to bring that picture together. That was his jam. That was his kink. Mm. And so I, and I kind of, I'm obviously a little bit like that. And so I just watched him and we'd be in meetings and they'd say, you know, we'd love to go back and explain the history of the Arab-Israeli conflict. We haven't got time to do that. You've only got a minute. So just, just dad's like, I can do that in a minute. And he'd go away for like a day and write no a minute ways. of script. And it would be a thing. And there was not a word over that wasn't needed to be there. You know, mm. it was a, it was a, it was a and, and so he really taught me that there is a dignity and a, a art and a just joyfulness about doing telly. And it's not a kind of do telly because you want to be on Strictly or you want, as I say, you want to have a best-selling book. He did it because he absolutely loved doing it. Yeah, and I amazing. think- I think that's. I think I've inherited that. So I've lear I learned a huge amount from him. Of course, enormously privileged to, to to have to had that break and and that he was a journalist at the BBC, took me out of nowhere and and put me on a show with him. Incredibly lucky, incredibly lucky, and it's a, a sense of luck and privilege that has absolutely yeah, but, endured for twenty. Years. Yeah, but it's but I but I I feel like that's doing yourself a disservice. I don't. I, I think that's very easy to to go down that idea of okay. I, but no, but I don't. Th I think people create their own luck, and yeah, you were you were handed a unique situation. But that doesn't you know that doesn't well, take anything away from what you have done. I don't well, in any way whatsoever. Well, I just I sort of rambled over that. Very, it would have been worse if you were shit. Then you'd be given the opportunity. <laughs> I, no, I, I got a, I got a bizarre opportunity, and the, I was rowing in the Oxford Cambridge boat race. It's a very boring event usually, and they so they they use uh, clips from rowers going, "Oh, my life was so hard. Um, it's got to I've got to go to lectures and then train twice a day." And so that, and then they I was said student, but I was talking about my history. I walked around Oxford and showed them history stuff and was pointing things out and why I love studying history there in this great historic city. And someone saw it and said, "Let's get him doing a show with his dad." And then my dad said no. And it's funny. I remember being nineteen. Did he say no? Yeah, he said no. It's a ridiculous thing to do. <laughs> and I remember being nineteen and thinking, "Well, that's kind of enough. that big probably BBC comes knocking all the time, you know." And I wasn't that fast. I'm like, "Okay, mm. dad, whatever." And I had a year or two uni to finish, and I was going to do my MA and move on to things like that and then they asked again the following year because and amazingly it's 20 years ago this week amazing. it is the it was the 60th anniversary of the battle of el alamein in the desert in egypt in world war ii it's now the 80th anniversary this week and um and and they said you, you know dan could do the sort of soldier on the front line and and your dad he could do general montgomery back at sort of looking at the bigger bigger picture and dad said mm, yeah maybe and then that was one thing and i fell in love i mean i was a few months later i was in egypt sort of 
you know, going across the desert experiences mm. you guys have had and through minefields with Bedouin looking for kind of burned out tanks from 60 years before. Right. And I thought, this is the best thing I have ever done. Mm. And I can honestly say I'm very lucky. I still feel like that today when I- That when is I, fantastic. I'm just very, very lucky. Very that lucky. is amazing. Yeah. I've got some questions for you that- um, Okay, go. That we've been sent. Um, one of them is, what is, what are, and this may be quite hard, what are the three biggest myths in history? Okay, the most important myth in history <laughs> yeah. is that Vikings did not have horns on their helmets. Oh, they were, Get they out were flaps. Of here. They were what? flaps. They didn't have horns on their helmets. They were flaps, weren't what? they? The, the tapestry made it look like they were... That's they... possible. They could have had ear flaps, that's true. But no, they just there's no archaeological evidence or written evidence or pictorial evidence ever found anywhere that you have a massive horn on your helmet. Have you ever heard, never get, never let the truth get away in a good story? Exactly, you just yeah. ruined that. Sorry, man. You just ruined that. Sorry, okay, sorry. what's yes. another one? Give us another one. Okay, this is a good myth. Okay, can't wait. Napoleon yeah. was not really that short. Ah. <laughs> How tall was he? He what? was average height. For he was his... like five seven, average height for, for, the, for, Brit, for, for huge French people at the time. Yeah, It was British propaganda. They kept calling him like a little, the little tyrant. Really? Yeah. I liked it. We did with Hitler and his weird bollocks or something. Yeah, yeah although yeah. Hitler apparently did have something. Okay. Yeah, We're still holding on to that one. <laughs> That'll come out later. Like, yeah, yeah. He actually did have two. Yeah, we just made like, it yeah. up. Give, <laughs> us, give us number three. What's number three? There's a couple. I mean, one is that Jesse Owens was not snubbed by Hitler at the Berlin Olympics. In fact, Hitler sort of waved to him. Hitler was a massive what? racist. No way. Yeah, Hitler was a massive racist and thought and, and, and said derogatory things about African Americans. But he waved to him. And in fact, he was snubbed by the, snubbed by the American president when he returned home. He didn't, uh, he didn't invite him. Oh, that is a, yeah, I, that's a good myth. That. That's a great myth. Yeah. No, another myth is that medieval scholars, no one really thought the world was flat. That's a kind of the flat earth thing. Is, oh, yeah. It's kind of a myth. I heard Stephen no Fry debunk that one oh, on QI. Thank goodness yeah. I'm on the same page <laughs> yeah. as him. Yeah. So that was a good so one. So no one's ever, no one ever thought that? I mean, probably some occasionally people must have thought the but world as was it's flat. But it's not a historical like, thing. No, it's not like, no, no, like all clever people in the Middle Ages would write their books about geography and, and speculate that the world was round because, you know, you can see when you're looking out to sea and you see the mast of a ship, it sort of gradually appears and you realise you're seeing a kind of curved, you're over a curve. Mm. What, what about uh, best historical death? Well, there's so many. Isn't there? I know. <laughs> what really? Your, can I say, your kids have, uh, I, I know, they're, they're sort of, how, it's 1086. 1086. Yeah. Their story times. We have big story times. Huge. huge. Oh huge. my <laughs> Lord. I would honestly go to bed at four just to have story time. Best historical. I've got a uh, really d dark image of me, like stroking your hair and reading your story now. I, listen, I've had that image for a few days now and I'm, and I'm excited by it. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited by it. Um, historical death. Death, 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 death. death. Well, I don't know, they're a bit gruesome deaths, aren't they? Um, yeah, but we like that. The, de the, the rumor about Catherine the Great and the horse is certainly not true. That's, that's complete slander. Mm -hmm. um, we have got the death, oh, that's quite fun. There was that American general in the American uh, Civil War who said, they couldn't hit an elephant at this dist. And then he got, no way. Yeah, I remember shot by a sniper. What? Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Um, George the Fourth. I mean, I don't know if it's a good. I think good death is a dark thing. Was, was he? George, yeah, well, George, like, George, we, fact, everything that can go wrong in the human body went wrong with George. Yeah. I don't know why I'm oh, laughing. No. He's a poor man. <laughs> he was, but he was drug-addled, poor thing. Oh, lost shit. his sight, lost his hearing. Morbidly, like incredibly obese. But didn't he have? Didn't he have gonorrhea? Which uh, I think so, he may. Well, yes, I think he may have done. I. I but he had. A, 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 I think he. he yes, had, he had, he had a, a list. pretty it's powerful strong. sexually transmitted disease as well. <laughs> and then he. But they found in his in his cupboard. He died. 
found a nun's outfit as well, which no one quite knows how it got in there. There was a nun's outfit. <laughs> yeah, a nun's outfit. Yeah, Lucy Worsley told me Imagine that. getting that back on your STR report. Yeah, you've got a pretty powerful <laughs> sexually transmitted yeah. disease. And uh, someone has left a nun's habit in your cupboard. <laughs> Richard the First got uh, he brutal death. Oh, this is discovered. We've gone dark now. Yeah, he, but we like got, this. He got a crossbow in the shoulder, fired by a kid. <laughs> Oh, no. Which is brutal for like the toughest warrior in Europe, and it hit, and then it got septicemia, and so you basically just die of like after ten days uh, of like unimaginable pain. Is it really because it poisons your blood? Yeah, and, yeah. Just, and it's just sort of your body's. I mean, it's just shocking. And he sort of on his deathbed, he was trying to put his order affairs in order and say who should be king after him, all that kind of stuff. I quite like King John, his little brother. Um, what happened there? He was he lost his basically his empire by the end time of his death. His empire was basically East Anglia. Yeah. Uh, having having lost, well, I know, <laughs> sure, but it's not as nice as most of France, Britain, and Ireland. Um, he uh, tr crossed. He caught dysentery whilst in East Anglia, crossed the Wash to Lincolnshire, and lost the crown jewels in the Wash when the tide came in. Lost the crown jewels. Amazing. Just gone. Yeah, just gone. So they're all down. <laughs> the, by the way, that is a bowl. panic. Oh, yeah, that is a panic. That by is a by panic. the way, they're still there, right? So what? Yeah, yeah. So Shut that's so, yeah, that no, it's new quite TV show. Let's go no, and find it. Us three. Wow. And a lot of that land's been reclaimed now, so it's farmland. So they think it's in there somewhere. It's pretty cool. And then he died of that dysentery a few days later in uh, Newark in Lincolnshire. So I, again, I don't know if that's a cool death or. Um... I had I, I, true or false. Um, Marble Arch was the oh, yeah. was the Tyburn. Uh, I well, I heard it was the gateway to uh, the the uh, gateway to Buckingham Palace, Buckingham Palace, and it was the Queen's country house. So I think that is. Uh, Hyde Park Corner. Hyde Park Corner. Is that arch was like the triumphal gateway to Buckingham Palace. Marble Arch, you're right. I don't actually know why it was built, but it was Tyburn. It was where you got taken to be hanged. Mm. So all these people that always get the feels in like it's big old houses and museums. Oh, I think there's a ghost here. Like there, there are no ghosts here. If you want ghosts, go to bloody Tyburn. <laughs> Tens of thousands of people torn to shreds, oh killed, the most unimaginable suffering. And you like walk around H&M or like Pret-a-Manger. Yeah, it's all fine here. So it's like, don't bring me your feels. Don't bring me your ghost. Like, oh, I think there's a, like a Jane Austen ghost in this country pub. <laughs> Shut up. What do you think about? What do you think about people who believe that they were Napoleon in a past life, or these sort of like? Well, okay, here we go. You know, like, are you keep sharing? Well, yeah, I yeah. was uh, Genghis. Khan. <laughs> really? I, well, I, but I think Khan. so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Speaking of deaths, Attila the Hun, I think burst a blood vessel in his brain when he was having sex with his new wife. No. Who was a lot younger than him. You know, <laughs> He's putting in a good good yeah. stint there so, for his friends. And art. now that I want a bit of a roll now, it's all yeah, good. I think go, Lord go. Palmerston, now one of Britain's greatest prime ministers, he, this is allegedly, we don't know this, he mm. may or may not have been having sex with a parlour maid on a billiard table. <laughs> It's so, sex is it's quite so a, specific kinda, as well. It's so, we may or may not include her. Yeah, and wait, what oh. happened? And, uh, no, that's, that, it. that's, that's it. it. Then he was dead. Yeah, that was the end of him because he was dead. <laughs> that is so. I love that. But okay, I, I also done. You have this. So many amazing stories. You know, you, you, you. I saw that you went back to the Arctic to sort of cover Shackleton's oh, journey. Yeah. How was that? Cold, amazing. What was the experience like doing something like that? Well, that was the most, that was the highlight of my career, really, because we went to look for a shipwreck of Shackleton, who people will may have heard the name, but he's responsible for the most extraordinary journey of survival in human history. He, his ship, he attempts to get to the Antarctic. He doesn't make it. His ship is crushed by the ice. He lives on that ice for some months. He then takes into open rowing boats, crosses 
the freezing cold miserable rough ocean many of his men mm. have frostbite some of them uh, they are at the limit of their endurance they arrive at a tiny scrap of land called elephant island one has a heart attack when they land that's how hard they've been pushed he then realizes they'll die if they stay there for the winter and he and six men leave on an 800 mile open boat journey across the roughest stretch of ocean on planet earth the southern ocean to get to south georgia they narrow, they make it by the skin like how they make it i have no idea they then have to hike across south georgia the first people in history to cross south georgia a great <laughs> mountain range in the middle covered in glaciers in winter and they do it in 36 hours and almost die doing that and they're, they're I, a ration I, of half a biscuit each or yeah, something they eat it yeah, half I, a I now feel like a massive twat complaining about the tube journey shackleton is my, my favorite he's fascinating so yeah so his, and then he goes back and rescues everyone. They all return home. Tragically, some of those people were then killed in the First World War when they arrived. Oh Unbelievable. God. God, after all that. After all that, get... it's really extraordinary. Jesus. Oh my God. Um, and, and so there's, obviously there's a lot more to that story than I've just told it, but it was, it, his ship is sank. It's in 3,000 meters of water um, under, a, the, under the sea ice, three, two, three meters of sea ice in uh, the Weddell Sea, which is the most horrific stretch of uh, ocean on earth because it get, it's a huge whirlpool. It's, it's crushed in by the Antarctic Peninsula and, and the rest of Antarctica so you get this big cul-de-sac effect of this multi-year sea ice kind of piling up and grinding against each other so it's very difficult mm. to go and look for anything we took a big modern ship down south african ship pilot captained by the first black african antarctic captain yeah. uh, captain knowledge bengu who grew up in a you know um denied opportunities under apartheid south africa and then became, got a job when nelson medela came in is now this well one of the world's best ice pilots uh, and, he, and so we looked and we sent these five million pound drones to the seabed 3,000 meters down and conducted a survey with about a month and even the end the drones found the ship incredibly I mean it's, wow. it's just the most amazing thing and they didn't just find it they the ship was intact sitting on the seabed hadn't broken up and smashed up wow. the brass lettering on the stern endurance was twinkling there perfect and because there's no because, were you emotional when you saw I, that? I was very emotional yeah it was it was, it was it really I felt emotion even though I, that because that is insane it was insane it was insane mm. the, the idea though they watched it 206-ish years ago, they watched it sink beneath the waves and they were very emotional when they saw it go down. That was the end of endurance, but mm. it turns out it wasn't the end. It's actually this, the end of a chapter. It's and now name, it's now name was, it's, yeah, name lives on and yeah. yeah, it endured, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we were, it was very, very special. And it was, it was, I've never had a reception you know, around the world. It's made the images, it just touched people in a particular way. I don't know why. I think it, you come back to this history point, you know, People found it fascinating. People kept saying, what's the point of doing this? You know, what about there's hungry children in the world? I'm like, I know. I can't explain why I, this is fascinating because mm. on one level, it's absurd. And it made me think about mm. art. Art is both pointless, totally pointless, but it's also everything. Like mm. it can make, it doesn't help us eat. It doesn't help us procreate. doesn't help us find shelter. Mm. Like all those basic things. And yet we humans find it astonishing. Music, yeah. art. You know, at some, we are inspired. It makes our days better. It changes our lives. And so in a way, people at home were just sitting there and they were looking at their devices and they saw that picture of endurance and it meant something to them. And I think that's okay. I think we should just let people find that incredible and exciting. It's a sense of purpose mm. and history and, and, and living and everything. And that's what makes it like, that's what makes it tick, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh. Shackleton was amazing. I always hear this incredible story, um, and you're going to correct me, but uh, where it wasn't Shackleton, maybe it's his right-hand man who said, um, I'm going to go on a walk and maybe oh, yeah. sometime. What is, can you, what is the story? That was Scott. That was actually the, that was a other previous expedition, which was Scott, who was, oh, yeah. who served with Shackleton uh, on a, on a expedition before that. And they were, they'd got to the South Pole. They were meant to get be the first humans to get to the South Pole. They discovered the Norwegian flag when they got there, which was oh, uh, no. unbelievable. So they'd, they'd arrived just after the Norwegian expedition. They staggered back and one member called Captain Oates realized that he was slowing down the expedition. And so he's in his tent and he says to the rest of them, I'm just gonna, just gonna head out. I may be sometime. And he just walked off into the wilderness. And just let himself. Let that himself is just, oh, Jesus. man, what it's leadership. Amazing. It's amazing. just amazing. Then you you have um, also, uh, I saw that you did a citizen's rest in Notting Hill once. I know that was weird. <laughs> you chased down, Wait, chased down a looter. Really? I was watching, I, this sounds geeky. <laughs> I was fascinated by like civil unrest mm. in our city. And I, because I've read about it. Because you came back from Congo. That's when you came back from Congo. Were you dressed in spandex in a little mask? No, yeah. <laughs> he started to become this vigilante. <laughs> no, but I was like, I, this is, it was all kicking off around Notting Hill. And like, I was like, I want to see this. Like, this is a riot. Like, it's very interesting. And um, yeah, someone who reads about riots all the time and revolutions. And it was really, lots of really interesting things watching. I, I basically walked down the street after this particular one group of looters. And it was really interesting. And they would, they were, they like, were, if, if there were like families walking up the street, they would open ranks and close again. They weren't nasty like that, uh, okay. but they would go to an off license and smashed it all up. And they went around the corner and they went to the shoe shop on Portobello Road and smashed it and took all the shoes. And then I was just what's down there watching. And inside, these police sirens went up the road. And so suddenly all of these guys cut coming out this little hole in the window of the shoe shop and they were like pinging out. It was like computer mm. games, like ping, ping. And they were like pinging past me like this because I'd ended up just watching and then got in the wrong place. And then the police car started coming up and then the last guy came out and the police car was getting quite close. So I, and I looked at it and thought, I could just uh, <laughs> drop the shoulder. <laughs> and so, and he had a huge armful of um, shoes. Clarks. <laughs> yeah, Clarks. <laughs> and, then, and then he'd come towards me and I, and I just went, like that in the shoulder. And, and at the last minute he looked around and his face just went straight into my shoulder and he went down. Like a, <laughs> no, poor guy, he was and the last I, one out. And then I, yeah, he was the last guy out. And then I kind of, sat on him and then the police guy was right there and they went oh you leave it at me and then they, and then i went okay and then they went thank you <laughs> and then it turned out weirdly because I, I was like i was really i don't know it's kind of a rip uh, it was a weird experience and then it turned out adrenaline moment you, you have, you have, you have a split moment to make a decision to... yes that was flat yeah no i didn't win i think it was before i went before to you. any of those places actually oh, okay. um and it turned out that they actually had been one of the nastier gangs that had actually held people up at knife point in a restaurant. So like it, he actually ended up going to prison quite a long time and stuff. So it was wow. kind of interesting. But, um, cause I would have felt bad if it had been like a casual, I sort of have wrestled with it over the years and thought, but it made me feel better that he was a, like a, you know, yeah, towards you, the batter you, you end. You feel a sense of guilt almost. So, cause yeah, like, like, was that right? Was that wrong? Posh guy whacking someone for no yeah, reason. Yeah, so I get weird. that. You, you, you've also, we said before the break is that you, you did this a fantastic thing where you got on a boat and you went all the way across the Cali and picked up 25 people because of the, um, uh, the Icelandic the, 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 the ash cloud and brought uh, them back and we're told you can't do this, but you brought 25 people back. 
Yes. What was that, that like? Well, I'd just been filming this program on Dunkirk, the Dunkirk evacuation. So I'd got to know all these guys with motorbo- like motorboats and powerboats. In the I love how you immerse yourself into these historical things <laughs> and, then re- and then repeat them. Well, in- I know. So that was the weird thing. So I felt, I literally, it was a week or two later, I rang these, well, what origi- originally I rang one of the owners of one of the original Dunkirk boats. I said, buddy, mm. come on. Let's do, let's do it again. Let's go and get them. And he was like, wow. no, she's in refit at the moment. The paints. And I'm like, come on, man. So anyway, I went back to the guys. That's not the spirit. Know, that yeah, really yeah. is not no. the Dunkirk spirit <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah. So I went back to the powerboat driver and they thought it'd be fun. So we went and we we rescued, um, in the end, the French did not want us there. It was an absolute nightmare. But we managed to get a, like a, ch- a chunk of people off. Um, it was, Just fantastic. Know, it was, that was fun. What, what, just quickly before you, what, what are the, there are these incredible moments in history that you look back on and you, you think about Dunkirk or whatever it is and you there's a real sense of pride and like we came together as a nation and did that what really shines for you in history that you go the, the, there was this moment and this is just fantastic that everyone came together to to help support whatever it is well there's something really although there were always people like around the fringes like nicking stuff from blitzed houses there is obviously something amazing about the blitz and about the, the companionship that people showed here in the uk when mm. cities were but so badly damaged and, and the sharing that went on. There, there's a side story as well where people, some people did take advantage and there was a bit of anger because lots of posh people had sort of bomb shelters in the West End of London and, and the East Enders were like, hang on a minute. But on the whole, I think that is true that we kind of, we really did, there was a sense of coming together to achieve a common goal. We're a weird species, yeah, aren't we? It takes species. being blown to shit or like a deadly virus for us to go, actually, let's yeah. maybe get along. And right. to appreciate it's what the worst thing is. I'm, I'm awful at this. Even I find history as therapy because I do find sometimes when you spend your day studying like Genghis Khan, it, you, you're very, very happy to be alive today. Actually, you're very happy to be alive today when you look at medicine, for example. Until the late mm. 19th century, people who had access to doctors were more likely to die than people who didn't have. So if you were more so likely- sort of quacks, to, Yeah, like, because yeah. You were, the doctors were more likely to kill you than just relaxing in your little mm. hut in the middle of Lancashire. If you're like a posh Londoner, oh, okay, the doctor have this sorted out, you're more likely to be get dead because of that. So <laughs> so you're inc- incredibly lucky to be alive today, you mm. know, and, and uh, in terms of medicine, in terms of all the, despite what's going on in the world, we're still very lucky. And so that helps me to maybe sometimes step back from my own, like, oh, my phone's not working, mm. you know, and and and, uh, and it, you just got to try. And actually, so again, weirdly, the thing about history is actually helps you to be more in the present, I think. It yeah. helps you to appreciate what we have. Um, the luck that certainly uh, me and many of us listening to this podcast uh, enjoys. Mm. Um, and so actually, again, it's not all about the past. It's about living a better life in the present. Mm. Dan, that's a great way to kind of finish up on as well. Is because I have one question before we finish. Yeah, but it is. But we, we live in this situation at the moment. It's very doom and gloom. We look at the news, we get upset. But actually, if we do go back and look at history, we're actually living in an okay period. We're, we're 100% right. We're, we're living in a remarkable period. We've got mm. climate crisis we've got to deal with. We've got Vladimir Bloody Putin. We've got a few dictators on. But on the whole, with hundreds of millions of people have been left out of poverty in the last uh, 50 years, um, th- that we are, we live, we're living much longer. We're pain free. We don't, our kids don't die. Mm. So uh, I, I think we, we got, we got lots to work on, but I think we should take heart and we should be and feel happy and excited that we live today. Mm. Um, the one question I want to ask, just obviously, my question is better than yours. That's a problem, isn't it? It's yeah, really, I, yeah, it's blown me away that one. <laughs> um, it was just to do with the monarchy, because obviously the Queen has now passed away. And what what do you think that is going to mean for the monarchy in the UK? Because like I've noticed since she's passed, there's like been a kind of bit of a reexamination to what like monarchy means, and there's kind of a bit of a negative kind of. I think it's the monarchy is obviously insecure right because it's kind of a mad system um you wouldn't make it up 
it sort of worked. It works because the Queen was particularly good at it, I think. And it mm. sort of works in some ways because we look at Liz Truss or we look at Boris Johnson or we look at Jeremy Corbyn. We think we don't really want those people to be our head of state as well. So maybe let's not, if it ain't broke, let's not try and fix it at the moment. But I think eventually it's it's a pro it's problematic. The days of believing that God chose a representative to rule over us are gone. And therefore monarchy's kind of, it's kind of running on fumes to a certain extent, right? And they mm. may make a good job of it. And those fumes might last another 100, 200 years. But I think inevitably when there's a big, a time of transition is a time of great danger to these institutions. And we'll start to kind of go, and I think you're going to see a huge thing around the coronation. It's going to be a very difficult winter for people. And mm. Charles is obviously really aware we don't want to be spending I feel like they're trying to downplay it. Yeah, they're trying to downplay it. And they're like, oh, it's going to be in a great but Then, then it'll be, you know, the money's going to change. Everyone's like, how much is that costing us? You know, and, and mm. before you know it, like I think these, I think a transition is a time of threat. And the Queen was that bridge to a past where it was more accepted. And now people are more questioning. And so I think it'll be interesting to see if it survives. But definitely her passing is... Uh, yeah, th threatening the institution, mm. I think. That's a great answer. Dan, listen, um, you have so much going on. You have uh, your own podcast and things like that. Where can we find all of your things and everything that's going on? I'm, I'm incredibly lucky, like you guys, you know, you're taking advantage of all the tech changes there's been to, to build a kind of online audience. I've got my own history channel, History Hit TV, which is subscription video on demand. It's like Netflix just for history, folks, just for history. Hey, that's oh, right. hey I'm subscribing no, dude, later. I'm in. Trust me, your father-in-laws are going to love it for their Christmas <laughs> present. Anyway, that is a great Christmas present. That's correct. That is that a is great correct. Christmas yes. present. Subscriptions are available to the gift. And, and then, yeah, the History Hit podcast, which is great fun. And yeah, so and then social, all the stuff you guys do, so media stuff it's yeah. you know it's a great privilege to be to be working this era when when you can go and do so much of it for yourself that has been a complete privilege thank you so much for entertaining us thank you for entertaining everyone on the podcast everybody will see you next week goodbye oh. what do you think of that as yeah i mean i i had a lot more to ask um yeah what else did you, you and i just vying to get a question in so that we could I, I, I wanted to know more i want to know I so had, much i had loads of stuff to to get into i wish i had that mind what a brain <laughs> i wish i had a brain i wish i had a brain I, um yeah he's just absorbing he's information a, yeah, he's, a, he's a good sponge of knowledge um, um, he's also done some wicked stuff like amazing. it must have been pretty cool amazing like going around and doing that sort of mad, amazing interesting mad, guy. Mad stuff I hope you guys all thoroughly enjoyed the episode as much as we did uh, being here. Hey, you can go and check out the episode on YouTube. We put up clips on there. Also go and check out our Instagram at Private Podcast. We're also on TikTok. See all the different clips if you want to go and see that. Everyone enjoy. We'll see you on our bonus episode next Wednesday. If we don't, we'll see you on Friday. Goodbye. <laughs>
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.